Hello and welcome to the Glacier Valley Church of God. Today's podcast was recorded live on Sunday before a full church. If there's anything we can do to bless you, to pray for you, please contact us at 907-789-3605. Glacier Valley Church of God, a place of hope, a place of healing. Thank you for your giving. The children are going to stay in here this morning. We like to give our children's church workers a chance to experience service. Um, There's no potluck today because of the celebration of life last week. Um, I am going to ask those gracious and wonderful volunteers who take care of the babies. You may go ahead and take the babies now. Thank you for doing that, guys. Some of the babies are not happy this morning, and that's okay. Champs like, I'll see you later. That's We're done. We're done. I've had enough of Pastor Keith. If he's not going to let me preach, I'm not going to stay around. You guys notice how many babies we have? Isn't that awesome? Yeah. I've joked about, you know, me having my own child again with Jenny. And then I was on the plane last week, and someone, the parent behind me was gentle parenting, but the child was not gentle receiving. <laughs> the kid was screaming at the top of his lungs. She goes, is that how we talk? <laughs> and and, and I, I was about to help her. <laughs> I was close. There was going to be an incident on the plane. You were going to see a pastor arrested in Atlanta because this child... Yes, God bless them. I know children are a blessing from the Lord, but I did not want that blessing at the moment. Amen. But I appreciate our, our, our parents and, and uh, young people, really, who take the kids and spend time with them. And, you know, it's okay for children and babies to cry in service. I, I, you know, that's just what babies do, right? And we should never be offended at that. So moms, if your baby cries in service, don't, don't be upset. It's what babies do. Our, our babies cried. And uh, it's okay. And if you're upset about that, then, then you don't see that that's the future of our church. Amen? That's the future of our church is our babies. We need to teach them about Jesus. Helen didn't know I was going to do this. And she, if I would have told her, she wouldn't have come this morning. So Helen, come up here beside me. Come on. She's going to be a little emotional, and that's okay. To be honest with you, I'm going to be emotional too. We'll be emotional together, okay? You bringing me one? No? Okay. No, no, we're not going to share. <laughs> Whatever week you thought you had, hers has been worse. You know, when Randy came to us three years ago, he was a mess. He was a hot mess. He didn't know what he was going to do or how he was going to get there. And you know what we did as a church? We wrapped our arms around him and we loved him. Helen showed up a couple weeks later, not sure about everything, and she was kind of distant for a while. And eventually, between God and Randy, she wore it down and she started to love us. 
And now we can't get her out of here. Randy last week was convicted on all three counts. Whether he deserved it or not is not the issue, not the point. Because guess what? Not that we're disrespecting the victim, but we, we don't care about guilt. We care about the person. Just like we care about everybody, okay? Your pastor has taken a lot of heat from people outside of this church criticizing me for allowing Randy to be here. And my response is, what would Jesus do? Jesus reached out to everybody, right? So instead of judging somebody, why don't we love them? All right, can we do that? So Helen is hurting right now. She's, she's putting on the brave face because, well, she's tough. I, Randy was doing some work at my house, and he was getting stuff done, but when Helen came over, it got done. And I told her, I said, you need to quit your job and be his supervisor. Right? I'm not saying bad about Randy. I'm just saying Helen, Helen is tough as nails, and she would just look at Randy Much in the same way wives look at husbands now. But we, can we just wrap our arms around Helen and tell her we love her? Can we do that? Now, we believe that God's not done. There's a sentencing phase that comes up on June the 11th, right? Okay, June the 11th. There's a sentencing phase that comes up. I could get into justice, and I'm, but I'm not going to because really none of that matters right now. Here's what we need to do as a church. Here's what I'm asking you to do. I'm asking you to write a letter to the judge. Can you flash that information up here? And don't worry, we'll, we'll put this in the bulletin so you can have it. They need to have this by June 11th, right? Okay. You know what I, my goal is? My goal is 100 letters. 100 letters from us. A hundred letters. And what we're going to do is we're simply going to, the Randy before, well, that, that doesn't matter to us. And, and listen, listen to what I'm saying, okay? Because God changed Randy, okay? God changed Randy. So what we're going to do is we're going to write letters talking about the new Randy, how Randy ministered to the glory hall, Right? How, how he would come work in the church at no cost. How he would preach in this pulpit on Sunday night sometimes. How he loved his wife. He loved you. He loves you. I shouldn't say he loved you. He loves you. He loves his kids. I'm making arrangements to go see him sometime this week. I don't know when that will be. We're, it's a lot of complications with that. So pray for me that I can get in there to see him. He's not able to take his Bible there are Bibles there, but they're not good Bibles. So will you help me pray for Randy? Because he's separated from his family. He's in a condition, he's in a situation that's not good. He's in jail right now. So can we just love on Helen? Did you want to say anything? Not right now? Okay. All right. I always want to give you that chance. So I'm going to ask you to, I don't want to embarrass you, but I want you to step down here. Right down here. Step down here. Can you do that? I'd like my ladies to come forward. All my ladies, come on. We're just going to surround her, we're going to love her, and we're just going to tell her that we're with her, amen? amen. And, and men, I, I need you to help with champ, okay? 
Love champ. He needs a man's love right now in this time. All right, now before, before we start praying for you, Helen, I want you to look around. Turn around and look around see how many women are supporting you. Look how many women are loving on you right now. Look how many women are saying that you matter. Okay? All right, ladies. Pray like it's you. Pray like it's you. Father, the road ahead will not be easy. But Lord, we walk this road together. We will not turn our back on anybody, God. We will not turn our back on anybody, God. We will love them. No matter what happens, God, we will love them and care for them and be there for them in their moments of sadness. Lord, she can call on any of us any time of night, and we will love on her. Let it be done, Father. Lift up this family, God. And God, I pray, God, that right now that Randy is released, God. Lord, I pray that the judge calls and says he doesn't need to be there anymore, and he walks out of that jail right now, God. Lord, I pray, Father, that your will be done. In your name I pray, Father, let it be done. Amen. And amen again. Continue to pray for her as long as you need to. Pray. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. God's doing a work. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. You're going to be okay. All right. Now listen, ladies. I need a commitment from you. Not only do I want the letter from you, okay? Because we don't leave our own stranded, okay? I don't care what they've done. We don't leave our own stranded, okay? Criticize me, I don't care. I really don't because I care about the person and what God has for them. It doesn't mean I don't care about the affected. I do care. I care about everybody. I want everybody healed, right? But we don't leave somebody behind, right? We don't do that. We don't do that. But ladies, I need you to commit to me that, first of all, that you're going to lift up Helen every day. Amen. Every day. And the second thing I want you to commit to me, that you're going to write the most passionate letter for leniency. Amen. Okay? Because this man has already been through a lot. Amen. Can we do that? Amen. Praise God. We love you. All right? And if Helen calls on you, be there for her. Amen. All right? Amen. Anytime. Except when the football's on. But that's not a problem right now. Okay. I'm just joking with you.
Well, of course you can. Now you can say something. All right, you guys can go be seated. She's going to say something. Did I have the mic right here, though? Okay, I'm just fine. Sometimes we don't understand why we are in the storm that we're in. But God has a plan. I remember I couldn't go into the court building. And I just like, I want to be in there. And I just said, God, lead me where you need me to go. And I went home and I pulled out my Bible. And I pulled out my notebook and I fell to my knees and I asked, I just started praying. Um, it was like my whole life flashed, like everything I did wrong, everything that, you know, all my sins. It was like I was just praying for my salvation. And everybody in the church was just so thankful for this church, this loving church that showed me that there is a, a real relationship with God that he exists, that he loves you. Even in the darkest times, he's going to be there. But I just, I just wanted to say thank you. It was, I just asked God to fill me with the Holy Spirit, and he did. And it was like, it was like he walked right through my living room floor and he said, it's going to be okay. And it was amazing. I just wanted to share that. And I just thank you. As I said, gone here. As I said, we're going to love this family, okay? We're going to love this family, right? Is anybody disagreeing with that? Good, let's go. We love you. Praise God. Let the letters come. I don't care. Don't care. Doesn't mean I don't care about the other parties involved. That's not what I said. But I will not let people dictate who we can and can't have in this church. I won't allow that. I won't allow that. Because the last time I checked, the last time I checked, the Word of God says, everyone come. Everyone come. Amen? Everyone. So what kind of pastor would I be if said, only this person, only this person, only this person? I wouldn't be a pastor at all, would I? I'd be a party host. Everybody can come to the house of the Lord. Amen? Everybody come to the house of the Lord. Praise God. Praise God. Let's give God glory. Amen? I may have to split this message up, but I, I want to talk to you. Last week we talked about pursuing God. And for some reason, and I really think the church was the cause of this, we've made it seem like that God is pursuing you. 
and then all we have to do is to just sit there and God will show up. And to be candid with you, that's misleading. Because God has already pursued us through the cross. He's already done all the work through the cross. It is now time for us to pursue Him. Amen? Now, in pursuing Him, it, it's not that hard. All you got to do is look towards Him, and that's pursuing Him. But He still wants us to come after Him. Amen? He's done all the work. He's provided all the penance of sin. Everything that we've done wrong, He's already taken care of. But it's time for us to pursue God. And, and, and those words sound spiritual, right? I mean, I can get up and I can give this evangelistic message like I did this week. Let's pursue God. And everybody's like, ah. But then the question is, well, how? How do you pursue God? I mean, it's not like he's right there in front of you and you're trying to run after him, right? Well, how do you do it? So over the next few weeks, we're going to talk about this. What does it mean or how do you pursue God? Today, I'm going to talk about something that I can pretty much guarantee that none of you have ever heard a sermon on. As a matter of fact, in all my years of preaching, I don't think I've maybe preached this maybe one or two times, but it needs to be talked about. Because in these last days, we need to pursue God. One way we pursue Him, are you ready for this? Is through fasting. Woo! Thank you, Pastor. <laughs> This is one of those messages you're like, man, this is going to be so exciting. No, this is going to be a struggle to get through because we're talking about fasting. We're talking about, let's read this verse right here. It's out of, right of Isaiah 58.6. He says, is not this the fast I have chosen? To loose the bonds of wickedness? By the way, am I wrong or am I right? Is this what needs to happen in Juno? To loose the bonds of wickedness. To undo the heavy burdens. To let the oppressed go free. And that you break every yoke. You know why churches don't have a breakthrough? Man, they can get up and preach the sermon. I heard word one pastor get up. Instead, we need to find our shout again. We need to find our shout again. Talking about the battle of Jericho. And they got everybody riled up. Whoa, whoa, whoa. We need to shout. We need to shout. Because what Pentecostals do is we love to yell and scream, right? But the problem is they didn't do the work that comes before the shout, and that is consecration and fasting. If you don't do the work before the shout, the shout will not last long. As a matter of fact, the Bible calls it a clinging symbol. It calls it, you know, if I were to go over there and I would hit that symbol right now, just as Hunter does, it's kind of jarring a little bit, but how long does it last? Maybe in your heart it lasts about five minutes, right? But it really doesn't last long, does it? Because that is just a noise. But when you do something in God, it is eternal. When you do something in God, it is eternal, and it's time the church start working on eternal things rather than things that just feel good or sound good. I thought that was pretty good. 
It's time the church start working on eternal things instead of things that just feel good or sound good. When you go into a fast, again, exciting stuff. When you go into a fast, you're letting the Lord know that you're serious about what needs to be done. A lot of people like to talk, a lot of talk. They like to talk about how we want the world to change, but they're not world changers. They talk about how they want people to be saved, but they're not willing to do the work to get them saved. They talk about their family coming to God, but they're not willing to get on their knees and make it happen. I'm going to tell you something right now. If you want your family saved, God holds you accountable for it. Amen? God, God put you in that position, and it's time that we get serious about it and stop playing with God and work with God to make it happen. Well, pastor, what is fasting? You know, this is how you know the devil hates fasting because there's all kinds of fasting out there. There's the Daniel fast. Anybody heard of that? That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my life. Daniel fast. That's not a fast. You know how the dictionary defines fasting? Fasting is when you go without food. That's what, you, if you were in the medical, the doctor's office, and they said, we don't want you to eat tomorrow because we're going to do labs. What do they call that? They call it, we want you to fast. Oh, you go, oh, that means I can give up TV. <laughs> no. What does the doctor say? No, you need to give up food. I disagree with you theologically, doctor. I feel like I can at least have coffee. I disagree with you theologically, doctor. I feel like I can at least be on Facebook. I tell you what, I'll just give up potatoes or something like that, right? That's not fasting, y'all. Fasting, according to the dictionary, and let's look at that, fasting is when you give up food. Every instance of fasting, which Daniel did not fast, he just chose a different meal, okay? Every instance of fasting in the Bible is when they push the plate back. They gave up food because there was something more important than food that needed to be handled. There was something, oh God, I don't know if, am I the only one feeling the weight of the Holy Spirit on this right now? Maybe I am, I don't know. Man, I feel, I feel the heaviness of God upon me right now because I feel like that God wants to give us this breakthrough, but we need to spend some time in fasting Give up that burger, give up that cheese, give up that french fry, give up those fatty meals or good meals that you've been having and say, God, none of that tastes good to me right now. I want to taste and see the goodness of the Lord. Amen. I want to taste and see God. Fasting is not abstinence from social media. Fasting is not abstinence from TV. Fasting is not abstinence from certain things in your life. Fasting is the, the rejection of that life-giving source that we need in food. That's what fasting is. Well, Pastor, I disagree with you theologically. Okay, show me in the Bible where it's different, and we'll go along with that. Every time there was fast, there was, a, there was a separation from food. And if you don't mind, I'm going to do what Scripture talks about. Is that okay with you? A lot of pastors like to come up with their spin on Scripture. I don't like to spin Scripture. I like to read Scripture, okay? We're going to go by what God's Word says, all right? This is what we're going to do. Fasting is rejecting those things and realizing that there's something more important. Fasting is more than just not eating. 
It's the denial that your flesh, that it craves. Your body's not going to die from the lack of caffeine or, or viewership on social media. Although it is good to take a break from that, but that's not fasting. question is, is how long should I fast? Again, we're going to look to Scripture. Some people fasted a day. Some people lasted seven days. Some people lasted 40 days. Jesus fasted 40 days and nights. There's no written amount of time that we need to fast. That's a spiritual thing between you and God. And for those of you who have medical conditions to where you have to eat, you need to consult your doctor before you do it. I have a medical condition that keeps me from doing prolonged fasts, but you know what? I still fast because I'm trying to get a hold of God. Let me explain to you what fasting does. In our minds, we think that if we fast, that God will do that thing that he, we want Him to do, right? If I do this, then God will do this, right? Is that what we think? That's incorrect. The reason I say that is if you look in Scripture, God is not, if you do this, then I'll do this kind of God, right? God, I'm going to repeat this because I'm trying to educate you theologically. God is not, you do this, and I'll do this. It is never like that. God says, you do this because I commanded it, and then I will bless you. Okay? Can I, are you hearing me right now? See, so if you go into this saying, I'm going to fast so God will do what I want Him to do, you're wrong. You're wrong. God doesn't work like that. Fasting changes you. Amen? Fasting changes you so that you can hear the voice of God. Amen? That's what fasting is about. When I give money, I don't expect a check in my mailbox for the same amount of money, do I? Some of you have been taught that. Give $50 to the evangelist and you'll have a Mercedes Benz in your parking lot. Man, that'd be nice, wouldn't it? Till you get the insurance bill for it. You know how much insurance costs on one of those things? It's ridiculous. I wouldn't own that kind of car. Right? My insurance is high enough. Fasting is something that we do out of obedience to God, and then He blesses us. And then when He blesses us, He helps us to see things the way that He says it. I give to Him, and I am blessed. I fast, and then I realize what God is doing. Fasting does two things. First of all, it recognizes the flesh and its work in you. Some people are under the impression that when, I, when you fast, that you have these amazing spiritual experiences where there's visions and dreams and all of that. And that might have happened a couple times in the Bible to a couple of the prophets. But can I tell you what my experience is? All my worst traits come out. Here I am in this deep spiritual moment of fasting, seeking God, and I lose my temper. And then someone looked at me one day and says, aren't you supposed to be fasting? Yes! <laughs> I'm hungry, okay? <laughs> I mean, not that I'm broadcasting my fasting, but still. 
You know, wow, you're fasting. You're supposed to be spiritual. I know what's wrong with me. I get in more fights with my family when I'm fasting. That part of me that is still not under subjection to the Holy Spirit comes to life. You know why? Because God is showing me that that's who I really am. See, when you deny your flesh, it's, all right, I'm going to give you a gross example, right? You know back in the old times when they, you know how they got rid of tapeworms? Are you ready? Some of you are going to be disgusted for lunch, but here we go. To get rid of tapeworms, what they would do is they would take a piece of meat and they would hover it over the back of the throat and the tapeworm would work its way up from the stomach and it would peek out to grab that piece of meat. They would, fat, they would go without food for several days and that tapeworm would come out, it would go wave and it would go, hey, who's grossed out? Yeah, some of you are admitting it to it. And then they would grab the tapeworm and pull it out. That's how they got rid of tapeworms. Thank God for medicine nowadays, right? Right? <laughs> right? Brothers, can I tell you, when you fast, when you fast, those things in you, those things in you that are not of God begin to rear its head looking for food. Those things in you that are not of God begin to rear its head looking for food. And God says, that's what you need to deal. Man, we love to have rose-colored glasses, don't we? We love to say, I'm good. Praise God. I'm walking in God's light. There's nothing. People come up to you, how are you doing? Praise God, I'm doing okay. And you fast, you go, oh man, I am a wretched sinner. What is wrong with me? Because that's God showing you, right? That's God revealing to you, right? That's God saying, hey, I love you, but you need to change, right? Anybody looked at themselves in the mirror lately? Like me, I got these bright light mirrors and I look at myself and I say, dear God, that's an old man right there. See, the God shines that light on you and He reveals to you who you are. How do we know this? Well, let's look at Scripture. In Acts, excuse me, 1 Samuel chapter 7, verses 5 through 6. Children of Israel not living a right life. They had just lost a major battle to the Philistines. They got the Ark of the Covenant back. I could do a whole message on that. And he said, And Samuel said, Gather all Israel to Mizpah, and I will pray to the Lord for you. So they gathered together at Mizpah, drew water, and poured it out before the Lord. And they fasted that day. See, there's a day fast. And said there, We have sinned against the Lord. Notice they didn't say that in the beginning, did they? They fasted and they realized, you know what? We have sinned. We haven't done the right thing. That's what fasting is all about, is you realize who you are. They fasted all day and they said, we've sinned against the Lord. And Samuel judged the children of Israel at Mizpah. The second thing that fasting does for you is once you've dealt with all that sin in your life, and I know, I know, man, people are, People hate it when I talk about sin. And I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you three words to live by. Get over it. Okay? Because that's my job is to talk about sin. Okay? Am I calling you a bunch of sinners? We're all sinners. All of us have fallen short of the glory of God. I know you're trying. I'm trying, right? But quit talking about revival and be the revival. Turn me up, please. Quit talking about the revival and be the revival. Quit talking about the revival and be the revival. 
You sure we heard that, Nick? Because you can turn me back down if we need to. We all like to talk about revival. We all like to say, Lord, send revival, but don't let it affect me. Who is willing to pay the price? If you want to go, with, if you want to go watch a movie, can you just walk in there and watch a movie? No, you have to pay a price. Then you've got to pay double the price to get some horrible popcorn. Stale popcorn. Do you want butter on it? Yes, because it's stale. Right? We have to pay a price. If you were going to get groceries at Safeway, you think they're going to let you get groceries and walk out without paying for it? We have to pay a price, don't we? Brothers and sisters, Jesus paid the price at Calvary, but he sent us out to let people know about him. A cost, a price has to be paid. Who is willing to pay the price with me? Who is willing to pay the price with me? Well, Pastor, you're talking about going without food. Yeah, boy, this is exciting, isn't it? <laughs> it it's tough. It's tough. Well, Pastor, I don't believe in that. Well, Jesus fasted. Right? Come on, I, let's talk, we're talking Scripture, right? We're talking Scripture. We, and we don't talk about fasting because it's not one of those hooting and hollering things where people are like, praise God, I fasted and I'm excited about Oh, man, I hate fasting. I do, man. Every time I, I fast at least one time a week, I don't say that to brag. I'm just explaining to you what I do. I fast at least once a week, and Jenny knows to keep her distance from me. Because I'm grumpy. You know why? Because I want food. But man, I want God more. I want God more. During the time that I fast, I pray for you. During the time I fast, I lift up your family, I lift up your children, I lift up those of you who are going through things that are heavy on my heart. The situation with Randy is not the only situation we're dealing with. We're dealing with all kinds of things in this church. I pray for you, I seek God for you. What if we did that for the people in our lives? What if we just pushed the plate back one time? What if we just pushed the plate back one time and said, God, I'm serious! Don't come to me and tell me you want your children saved when you haven't paid the price through fasting. Listen, I'm being real with you right now, okay? If you haven't paid that price to God, well, you mean, you mean God's not going to save my children if I didn't fast? I didn't say that, but I'm going to tell you something. When you fast, something happens in the heavenly, in the, in the world, in God, in the spiritual kingdom that we just read about it a second ago. Hey, what did he say? He says, loosed. Mmm. Can we go back to that first verse? See, when you fast, we are changed. All of a sudden, we can hear the voice of God because we don't have all that sin that we're dealing with, right? We don't have that, we don't have that anger issue. We don't have that thing, that thing keeping us from God, right? We have God in our ear, and He's talking to us. And all of a sudden, we can loose the bonds of wickedness, amen? How many know that there's wickedness here in Juno, Amen? For some of you, wickedness is in your home. Mm. Maybe you need to fast today about that. To undo the heavy burdens. To let the oppressed go free. Oh, pastor, they deserve it. Doesn't matter. If we got what we deserve, we wouldn't be here right now, would we? 
come on, man. If we didn't get what we deserve, none of us would be here right now. I'm telling you, God is a gracious God. God is a loving God. And it's time for the church to set aside their legalistic ways and realize that we're going to be judged for what we did here on earth. Those that we see in our circle, we are responsible for them. Amen? And that it is our time, it is our moment to reach out and say, come to the Lord. Come to the Lord. Come to the Lord. Well, pastor, I don't know what to say. Fast and he'll give it to you. I don't know what to do. Fast and he'll speak to you. I don't know, I don't have the confidence. Fast. I, I, don't, I don't know. I, I, I hear a broken record on there. I'm going to tell you someone who's confident in the Lord is someone who fasts. I'm going to tell you someone who's confident in who they are in God is someone who fasts. Man, some of you like to live in what I call the drama world. You know what I'm saying? The drama world. Oh, everything's terrible. Everything's... But you're not willing to pay the price to go into the world that God has for you, which is peace. Peace. Amen? Peace. It's, 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 like, it's like you enjoy living over here. Why? Over here is victory. Maybe over here you don't, you don't get as much attention. I don't know. And maybe that's what we want, right? But can I tell you something? You're never going to win people to the Lord when you're walking around defeated. Because who would want to serve a God like that? You're never going to win people to the Lord when you're walking around. You can't get over your problems. We can't get over our problems because we're not on our knees fasting before the Lord. If you want a breakthrough in the church, it's not going to come by me. I'm just the pastor. I'm just the deliverer of the word. It's not going to come by me. You know who it's going to come through? Come here, Jeff. It's going to come through this guy. It's going to come through this guy a, guy, a man that the Lord has anointed. He doesn't know this yet. I'm prophesying over him. A man that God has anointed to preach the gospel in the village. Anointed. He's called him. You felt that, haven't you? I know your wife does. That's who revival is going to come through. You know who else revival is going to come through? It's going to come through Will. It's going to come through Richard. It's going to come through Fred. It's going to come through Caleb. Amen? It's going to come through people who give themselves to God and realize, and realize that we've got to stop having church like we used to because where has that gotten us? And we've got to start stepping into the victory. Come on. I don't know about you, but I'm tired of losing battles. I'm ready to start winning some victories and rubbing the devil's nose in it. Oh, pastor, you can't talk like that. Watch me. I want to take the devil and say, you see what you just tried to do here? I'm going to rub your nose in it because like a dog. I'm going to rub your nose in it like a dog because you thought, you thought you won a victory. You thought you won a victory and the Lord came in and just said, nah, nah, I got another way. 
right? You, the devil thought he won, and we're all laughing. Oh, man, he thought he won that. Man, how awesome would it be is if there was a phone call Tuesday morning because Monday's a holiday, and the judge goes, you know what? I just don't agree with that. We're going to release Randy. He's going to be on probation, but we're going to release him. We're, come on, can that happen? I'm not, I'm not trying to give false hope. I'm not trying to give false hope, but what I am saying, when a church becomes unified and they pray and they seek God and they fast before Him. I'm tired of talking about revival, brothers and sisters, and I want revival. Fasting is the breakthrough that you've been looking for. I'm going to say that again. Fasting is the breakthrough that you've been looking for. Fasting is the breakthrough that you've been looking for. Because you're no longer feeding your flesh, you're feeding your spirit. You're feeding your spirit, y'all. And when you feed your spirit... It's no longer a weak man or a woman trying to stand up to the devil. It is a powerful man and woman of God standing up to the devil and saying, Get thee behind me, Satan. I worship God and God alone. Seeking God, fasting, means you humble yourself. Ezra 8.21, Then I proclaimed to fast there at the river, of Ahava, that we might humble ourselves before God and seek Him the right way for us and our little ones and all of our possessions. But how do we fast? Can you give me about 10 more minutes? I know we're running late. If you have to go, I understand. Just please do, please do it quietly because... I was going to split this in two, but I need to finish it. The Holy Ghost is so heavy on me right now, it's difficult for me to speak. Lord, help me. Fasting that pleases God. In Isaiah 58.3, he says this, why have we fasted, they say, and you have not seen? Why have we afflicted our souls and you take no notice? In fact, in the day of your fast, you find pleasure and exploit all your laborers. See, the Pharisees fasted. And Jesus rejected them. It's more than just giving up food. I'm going to be honest with you, y'all. If I'm going to give up food, it better be for a reason. Amen. If I'm going to give up food, it, it better accomplish something, right? I don't do it for show. I don't. And God says, you, you want fasting to mean something? Then this is what I want you to do. Verse 6. We talked about this earlier. He says, this is the fast that I've chosen to loose the bonds of wickedness, to undo the heavy burden, to let the oppressed go free, and that you break every yoke. Isn't that what we're supposed to do? Isn't that the job of a church? Isn't that the job of a church? 
Is it not to share your bread with the hungry and that you bring into your house the poor who are cast out when you see the naked, naked that you cover him and not hide yourself from your own flesh? That your light shall break forth like the morning. Let me explain what that means. When you fast, the black spots of sin within you come to life and you deal with it and you, you ask forgiveness and God removes it. When you remove dark spots, what shines through? The light of Christ. Do you guys understand that? That's what fasting does. You're healing. Oh, praise God. Oh, man. Even now, the Lord has given me a vision for what He wants to do, and I can't even express it to you, but man, if you would only see this. Your healing shall spring forth speedily. I could stop there and we'd be done. How many need healing in their family? How many, how many need healing in their heart and their soul? How many need healing in their marriage and in their relationship? How many need healing in their finances? Amen. I'm not talking about fasting, like I said earlier, where you fast and then God's going to do this. It's about relationship. Amen. It's about relationship. I know that when I fast and I'm asking the Lord to deal with things in my life, He's going to bring up the sin and He's going to show it to me and then I become closer with God. Then all of a sudden God goes, now I'm going to bless you more. Now I'm going to bless you more. i got some things I've been holding back because you, quite, you weren't quite ready for it, but you're showing me you're serious. Parents, do you let your children use a knife when they're three years old to cut up food? No, right? I don't even like it when my kids are 20 and using a knife. Right? I'm like watching that. I'm like, just, okay, careful, careful. No, oh, careful. You know who always cuts themselves? Me. When Zeke cut his finger, he wanted to show it to me. I said, get thee behind me. I didn't say that last part because he's not that. Same way with God. He's not going to give us something until we're ready for it. He's not going to let us go into the deeper things of Him and the spiritual blessings until we're ready for it. I'm almost there, guys. Stay with me. Stay with me. And your righteousness shall go before you. The glory of the Lord shall be your rear guard. Then you shall call, and the Lord will answer. Oh, praise God. You shall cry, and He will say, Here I am. If you take away the yoke from your midst, in other words, if you ask forgiveness, the pointing of the finger and speaking wickedness. He actually has it right here. Man, I tell you, when something goes wrong in the church, what do we do? We point fingers, don't we? When something goes wrong in our family, what do we do? We point fingers, don't we? Amen. Verse 10. If you extend your soul to the hungry and satisfy the afflicted soul, then your light shall dawn in the darkness, and your darkness shall be as the noonday. Praise God. The Lord will guide you continually and satisfy your soul in drought. 
and strengthen your bones. You shall be like a watered garden and like a spring of water whose waters do not fail. Those from among you shall build the old waste places. You shall raise up the foundations of many generations. And you shall be called the repairer of the branch, the breach, the restorer of streets to dwell in. Does that not like sound what the church is supposed to do? Is that not our job? Is the restore of the breach? There's been a breach in Juno, brothers and sisters, and the breach is getting larger by the minute. It is time for the people of God to rise up and say, you know what? I'm going to step in that gap. I'm going to take care of that. I'm going to pray for my brothers and sisters. I'm going to pray for my pastor. I'm going to pray for this church. I'm going to pray for the village. I'm going to pray for those the people that need it. I am going to fast and draw closer to God. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to push that plate back. I'm going to push that plate back because what matters to me more is not my temporary feeling, knowing I'm going to be hungry in four hours later, but that moment of saying, I am going to give it up now so that I may have more in the future. How do I start, Pastor? One meal. One meal. Do one meal with me. Now, some of you, if you're pregnant or you have medical issues, check with your doctor first, okay? You, you got to do that. You, you got to make sure because sometimes, sometimes you can't do that right now, but you can do it later. One meal. One meal. Lunch. Breakfast. Whatever. Supper. If you're going to fast lunch, eat your breakfast, go all day. At 4 o'clock, 5 o'clock when you eat, then eat your meal. And don't just sit there and go without food. Spend that time in prayer and reflection. Prayer and reflection, amen? Pray for Randy and Helen. They need it, amen? Pray that I can get in to see him. We may need to start that prison ministry again, amen? Pray for our college ministry. We need a miracle there right now. Pray for, pray for, we got a conference coming up in March for the young adults. And we got someone coming now. We need God to move among our young adults. Amen. Pray for your pastor. Can I tell you, can I tell you I need it? The things that my family have been through the past two weeks has just been a little overwhelming. We need it. Can, can I ask you to pray for the people in this church? Can I ask you to pray for the drunk downtown? Can I ask you to pray for people in this church who need it? Fasting. I know it's not the most exciting message in the world, but I can pretty much guarantee that none of you have really heard a message on fasting. I know I haven't preached a lot on it. But how serious are we with God? How serious? Are we serious? I'm almost done. Almost done. Would you stand with me, please? Thank you for putting up with me. Thank you. You are just absolutely the best church in the world, and I love you. With all my heart, I love you. Everybody with your head bowed and eyes closed. 
even me, my eyes are closed too. If you're willing, if you're willing to push the plate back at least one time this week, whether you do it more or not, that's up to you, but if you're willing to do it at least one time, I simply want you to acknowledge that to God right now, however you choose to do it. I'm not looking, nobody's looking. Acknowledge that to God right now. For those of you with a medical condition, check with your doctor. I believe that God wants to have a breakthrough. All right, everybody look up. You made your commitment to God. I didn't look. I don't know who made the commitment to God. That's none of my business. Let me tell you something, y'all. I want a breakthrough. I want a breakthrough. I want a breakthrough. The question is, is do you? The question is, is do you? And if you do, are you willing to pay that price? Thank you for listening to our service. Be sure to catch the video edition of this on either YouTube or Facebook Live. Again, if you need prayer, contact us at 907-789-3605. May God richly bless you in all things.